Welcome to the Live, Laugh, Love Real Estate Podcast. Hosted by Boston real estate agents, Lisa Loveland and Costa Hanses. On this podcast, you'll hear everything from real estate tips, insights, and stories to personal development strategies, mindset hacks, and all things Boston. Now, join me in welcoming your host, Lisa Loveland. All right, welcome back to Live, Laugh, Love. Real Estate, Conversations with Lisa Loveland and Costa Hansis. Today, we have Matt Leonetti on, and he is a realtor in Toronto, and he is, number one, hilarious, and has brought a whole different, really, really authentic approach to how he is marketing his business. And we wanted to bring him on, because as you all know, Costa and I like to do things a little bit differently, too. And one of the reasons we started this podcast was so that people could get to know who we were authentically before they chose to uh, before they choose to work with us, and Matt shares very similar um, beliefs, and uh, he was gracious enough to take some time to jump on our podcast. And um, so, Matt, welcome again. Thank you for for taking the time, and we look forward to uh, having this conversation for the next thirty to fifty minutes. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Right. I love my fellow Bostonians. Uh, I'm a massive Boston Bruins fan. It's uh, well documented at this point, but um, yeah, excited to be here. Fantastic. Let's start out with um, with uh, how you got into real estate and actually not entertainment or comedy. Yeah, so <laughs> I uh, I was a touring musician beforehand. So I did that right out of high school. I toured all around for five, six years, and then it just kind of got exhausting. It got to the point where I wanted to you know, do more. I wanted to, you know, start a family and get a house. And, you know, I was just, it was so exhausting going, you know, town to town and maybe getting paid, maybe not getting paid, sleeping in vans and all that bullshit. So, um, eventually I was watching million dollar listing. That was like my favorite show at the time. And, uh, I was watching Ryan Sirhan and stuff and I thought it was cool. And it was always in the back of my mind. So about two years before I got into real estate, it was kind of in my mind, like, okay, maybe I can do this instead. And then eventually I just decided to go for it. And I've been in for five years now. I always talk about it like it's a prison, you know, I've been in for five years and it feels like 75, but you know, it's all good. Um, And yeah, first three years, I was just a journeyman type of agent, had little to no success. And then started the videos about two years ago and my whole career changed. That's great. I mean, it takes, it takes a while to get your kind of feet grounded and, and get some consistency. Um, and yeah. we've talked on the podcast before how video and social media has completely changed and leveled the playing field in real estate. Um, tell us a little bit about um, what made you decide to, to really focus in on, on your content and, what brought you to the point where, because I think a lot of real estate agents want to be authentic and they don't know how to do it. And they're not sure if their personality is going to resonate with their clients. And when you're doing that, you're never coming across as sincere. It it, it makes for a very awkward um, first meeting. So talk, because you're, and we're going to play some of these, um, some of your, your, uh, your, your videos later um, for Mm -hmm. our viewers. So they'll see that you're, you're edgy. You're 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 just yourself. And it I, when I first started watching it, it took me back. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's a riot, you know. And and, and <laughs> he you. actually does business. So yes. so talk about 
the mindset of that and, and, and what made you push to just be yourself? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it stemmed from having no success uh, for the first three years. And not only did I have no success, I wasn't even being myself while I was failing. So I was like, fuck this, something's got to change here. Mm -hmm. So I eventually went solo. Um, I, I, I went solo. I was, you know, I was failing and then I was part of teams as well. So when you're failing and you're a part of the team, you don't get, you don't make a lot of money at all because you know, you're getting your, your, your split and your brokerage split and your fees and all that shit. So I decided uh, to go solo and I, I just knew something had to change. I had these ideas since I got into the business and everyone told me not to do them. So I, I listened for the first three years and then I decided to go for it. I was walking my dog one day with my wife and I said, I wish I could just say fuck on camera. And my wife swears more than I ever could in my life. I didn't even swear. I was a saint before I met my wife. <laughs> she, we'll we'll like have her on the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's like, well then just do it. And I was like, okay. So then I started doing the videos. It started off as a joke. I didn't know how people were going to take it. Um, it started, I did one listing video and it wasn't as edgy kind of as it is now. You can see the progression of, uh, taking more risks and getting edgier with it and seeing kind of what I can get away with. Mm -hmm. But the first one was just kind of a, uh, a listing video. It was a really piece of shit listing. It was like the, probably my worst listing to date still. There was like mold everywhere and the appliances didn't work and there was a hole in the roof. And I was like, and we weren't in the crazy seller's market we're in now. So I was in, I was saying to myself, like, I, I need to do something to, to uh, market this place properly. And I did my first kind of comedic video and it sold in like eight hours with three offers and two of the offers came from the video. So That's great. as soon wow. as that happened, I was like, okay, maybe everything everyone was telling me is wrong. Maybe they just told me not to do it because they assumed you couldn't do it. Right. No one actually tried to do it. Yeah. There's so I thought I'd, you know, what's that saying? Whatever you do something and ask for forgiveness later. That's yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing. I'm surprised they haven't fucking kicked me out of the industry. <laughs> <to be> honest, <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of the, uh, the story. All right. So, so, you know, being funny and, and having your authentic style will definitely catch people's attention. Um, so I have two, two questions. Um, one, um, what, what would, what, once you catch their attention, what are the other, um, skills that you're bringing to the table that would have someone choose you over another agent? And two, how did you get that video out? to so many people in order to get that under agreement in eight hours. Cause I think that's one yep. of the things that is challenging in social media. How do you organically or, or whether it's organic or whether it's paid advertisement, how do you grow an audience and how do we engage them? We'll talk about that later, but those first two questions, yeah. what differentiates you aside from that marketing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it, but what I've finally realized now is Instagram, social media in general is a big commercial for your business. To me, I gravitate towards funny commercials, the Geico commercials, those like funny Christmas, like that kind of shit. That's what I always gravitated towards. So I was like, this is a big, and I heard da actually Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters say like their music videos are commercials. They have fun with them. They make, they make fun of themselves. So that always kind of stuck with me. And I was like, well, yeah, like why are we being, you know, why are we being so serious on an app where a bunch of fucking people are dancing and doing all this? You know what I mean? It's like, why don't I just yeah. 
be myself on the app. It's a big commercial. It's only creating brand awareness and it's keeping me top of mind. They know that I'm an agent. So once I get their attention, because I'll say something like, hey, here's three ways how to buy your fucking house. No matter who you are, if you love that or hate that, you're going to listen because you want to see if I'm a crazy person or (laughs) you just think it's funny. So you're going to listen to that. So I've got your attention there. Yeah. And then I just kind of, once I get the appointment, I'm just completely real. I'll never take a listing. Uh, if, if a home is worth 1 million, I'm never going to take it at 1.5. And I'll tell them that I'll say, listen, there's going to be five agents who will come in here and tell, and I, I just tell people what's going to happen. And that's where I've had my most, my success is sometimes earlier on, um, I wouldn't always get the appointment right away, but I would tell them what would happen with the other agents. So I'd say, you know, your house is worth 1.1. I'm not going to list at 1.5. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. What you're going to get though, is you're going to get five agents who come in here and tell you, you can get 1.5. And what's going to happen is they're going to talk you down month after month after month until you eventually get to, you know, a million fifty. you won't even get the price that I originally told you. So sometimes I've, you know, earlier on, I would get my listings by telling people exactly what would happen because I know what would happen because I've seen it over and over and over again. And I just am completely how I am right now. This is how I am in a listing appointment. It's not, I don't have a fucking whole presentation for seven hours. I just tell them how it is. I give them the comps. I tell them what I'm going to do. I show my social media analytics. That's something that completely separates me from everyone else in my, um, in, in my area right now. It's just, you know, everyone's going to put, everyone says, I'm going to stage your home professional photography. I'm going to put it on Zillow. But the extra ingredient that I have is, well, I have 35,000 followers that as soon as I leave here, I'm going to post a coming soon to all my followers. That's something not everyone else can uh, say. So I use that to my advantage. And that's why I think partially why social media is such a, a, a huge thing to kind of get on. And um, because it's something it's social credibility and you can finally kind of separate yourself from the pack because we have thousands and thousands and thousands of agents here and you need to stand out somehow. Say we're like ants on a sugar cube. Yeah. Um, So yeah. How (laughs) did you, and how did you grow that to 35, 35,000 followers? You can have followers, but you've got a huge engagement as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the bigger thing is the engagement. Uh, you can have, you know, hundred thousand followers. If you have no engagement, it's worthless. Um, I always say if you have 2000 followers and tons of engagement, that's amazing too. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew it as soon as I niched down, everything grew for me. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people have to do. They have to niche down. If you do something like everyone else, you're going to get the result of everyone else. You're going to blend in like everyone else. So I niche down to a point where some people hate it and will never, ever work with me, but then some people love it even more because these people over here hate it. Right. So And those are the people I like to work with. I was chasing people way too much at the beginning of my career who would probably never work with me in the first place. That's so so true. um, Yeah. I niched down and I got, you know, I got picked up by some, some bigger meme accounts. Um, Like I I'm partners with the broke agent now, but before Mm -hmm. I wasn't, and he kind of saw my stuff early on and I got some shout outs from him and stuff like that. And um, just organically, kind of word of mouth, my videos get kind of thousands of shares every post. So that really helps. Yep. That kind of engagement's great. Uh, I get a lot of comments. I comment back to the comments um, just to tell them, thank you. Thanks for watching, whatever. 
and people are, are tend to you know engage more when they know they're going to get something back from you even if it's a smiley face or a thank you like take that time when i post a video it's like in my schedule that day i have my notifications on i know when i post a video i have to de- dedicate a certain amount of time to responding like i would respond mm-hmm. to a text message i have to respond to those comments cuz that's going to grow your account right do you have you are there certain times of day or certain days of the week that you find you get the most uh, attention, reactions, views? Nah, um, I was not really, to be honest. I mean, it's a bit of a shit show now. You never know. Sometimes I'll post something and like the engagement will just be awful. Um, Cause it's not, you know, it's, it's 11 here right now, but it's eight o'clock in LA. So you know, it's kind of depends where people are in the world. So I guess if you're niching down into your specific market, yeah, maybe, you know, 10 AM lunchtime, 12, three, that kind of thing would work, but it's all trial. The whole thing is trial and error. The content's trial and error. The posting times trial and error. You have to figure out like from a content point of view, like you can post a video that crushes the next week. You can post another video that doesn't crush people always stop at that video that doesn't crush, but that's the, that's amazing because that's how you figure out, okay, you know, this video crushed, this one didn't, how can I, why did this one do so well, you know, and then you tailor it and you tailor that, uh, your content to your audience. And then you get a great finished product to the point where you kind of know what your audience wants to see. And that's how you get the engagement Mm -hmm. and that's how you get the word of mouth spread and the organic growth. How how did you kind of, learn the algorithms of IG? Um, probably the broke agent. I hate <laughs> giving him compliments, but he's, uh, he's like the biggest, you know, real estate meme, yeah. uh, platform. And now he's like an entire brand. He's essentially what we're trying to build with the broke agent is like the barstool sports of real estate. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. But he is a, uh, incredibly, uh, smart with all that stuff. So I've got a lot of pointers from him. He's got some free eBooks actually that everyone can download that I would recommend because earlier on when I wasn't partnered with him, I used uh, his eBooks at first and he updates, he always updates and because it's changing all the time. So, but to grow right now, post reels, that's the, the number one thing I would say, post reels and post vertical video. Don't post as much horizontal video. Okay. And why is that? Costa, I like to look Costa at it knows like all this stuff. This is <laughs> now I'm having a private yeah. conversation with you. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, no, I'm just saying like, uh, to me, uh, vertical video takes up more space on the feed. So the way I'm looking at it is like when I, uh, when I buy ad space in a magazine, I want the biggest space possible. Right. And that's what vertical video does for you. It takes up pretty much your whole screen. So people can't see anything else but your video. So if you catch them in the first three seconds, you got that full space of video and then they watch it. That's why TikTok's so successful. You you turn on the app and the fucking thing goes, why I can't get off it once I turn it on. It's like <laughs> it starts right away and yeah. it's like all on the screen. And you know, that's why, you know, so um yeah, vertical video. Horizontal, I've just it just isn't working as well as it used to, in my opinion. Interesting. I just find I mean, just taking this all in, like I, I know we, we met at a real uh, a real move summit. I think that's what the full name is too. And just yeah. listening to your speech was just. I went through the same process on my own of like I used to when I first got got started in real estate. I also used to do like YouTube vlogs that were unrelated to real estate, but kind of into real estate. And about 
a couple months into it, I got the feeling as though, because I was as a new agent, I was just posting these YouTube videos unrelated. I felt as though maybe these videos are affecting my brand because I'm not getting a ton of business. People are seeing these and being like, oh, why is this, this kid posting YouTube videos about whatever, what he's doing today? He should be posting real estate stuff and like, mm-hmm. posting that he's super busy. And I stopped making the videos because I was like, this is affecting my business. And what happened was really no correlation between the two until a little later, the business started picking up. And then I kind of forgot about doing the YouTube videos. But when you were giving that speech there and you were talking about how when you first started, you kind of went through the same thing of thinking, what I, I might going to affect my brand. But then you were like, wait, I have no brand. I'm a new agent. Like, what is the difference if I yep. post this or what's the difference if I don't? And I just found that by you doing that and sharing that kind of relieves some stress off me. And I think a lot of other people will understand that for if you have a talent or somewhere else or a passion somewhere else, but your job somewhere, a different profession, like don't be afraid to show that because at the end of the day with real estate, I think people don't really care too much about the real estate. They care about you and like what you have to portray in, in today's social media era, era, attention is everything. And you have the people's attention, no matter what you do as, as a business, people probably come to you and they don't even care like what you're, they don't ask you what, how many sales you have to, they just go to you because like you're, they see you on Instagram and they just really like you. And, so. and they relate, yeah. you know, the real estate yeah. is always going to be a relationship business. So we have exactly. to be able to relate. And what social media I think has done is just level that playing field. We can get out there and actually tell people who we are, show people who we are. Nobody cares if we sold a hundred houses. They only care no. for how we're going to sell theirs and if they feel comfortable trusting us with that process. Yep. Exactly. It's, and that's exactly what I've found out. People are being, and what I said in the speech is, you know, I was being so precious about a brand that I didn't have. And that's what I find so many agents are doing. You're, you don't have, if you have a logo and you offer free home evaluations, you don't have a brand. It's a, it's nothing. It's fucking what everyone else has, you know? So like, don't be scared to, especially if you have some sort of, you know, uh, like if you, I always say, um, I use an analogy about horseback riding. If you like horseback riding, add that into your social media feed. You know, that's a pretty niche thing that not everyone would like. But, you know, if the three of us went into a listing appointment to two horseback riders, and then there was a fourth agent who was a horseback rider as well, I'd say 99% of the time that horseback rider is probably going to get the listing because they're going to relate with each other. doesn't matter how many sales the three of us have. Right. So totally choose that thing because liking horseback riding isn't going to hurt your business for everyone who doesn't like horseback riding. You're still going to be on a level playing field with all those people, but the people who do like it, you've pretty much got them in the palm of your hand. You're not losing them. There's just something you can relate to. And that's why like I wear a ton of band. I've had listing appointments from wearing a Ramon shirt, you know, it's just your business can come from yeah. Yeah. I wore it at the summit because I fucking love that shirt <laughs> with a suit. Um, so you never know where business can stem from. It doesn't have to be real estate all the time. Most of the time I don't even talk about real estate. My videos are just making fun of things in real estate. So, um, yeah, like that, that Ramones thing, people, someone commented said, Oh, I'd love your Ramon shirt. That was it. And now it's up to us. That's a lead in my mind. Someone DMs me. That's you're, a lead. You're absolutely. Now, right. like anything else, we have to nurture that lead, follow up. Yep. So now I know I have one thing that they like, the Ramones. So now I, next week when I see a Ramones video on Instagram, I, I tag them in it or I send it to them. Oh, hey, this is a sick video. Strike up another conversation. And then eventually we build a relationship. We build a friendship. And then, oh, you know, three, four months down the road, oh, we're thinking of selling. Can you come over? Right. And it's That's all authentic. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not a short-term game. Very rarely do I post a video and 17 people the next day say, come list my house. Right. I think that's the other well, problem. Well, actually never, ne- never 17 yeah. people the next day. <laughs> not very rarely. That never happened. Just to be clear. I think as humans, we're also impatient. You yeah. know, we, we want the silver bullet. We want the quick fix. We want to make money overnight. And yeah. it takes trial and error and it takes stepping outside of your comfort zone to figure out what works. And it's yep. not everyone's going to like us. And that's actually a positive. If everyone likes mm-hmm. you, you're probably pretty bland and boring. Um, if yeah. people, if you're really doing something and, and making a, a, a statement or an, an indent in your industry or in your neighborhood or, or life, people are going to have some strong opinions about you. Yeah, and, and that's, for sure. That's actually what we want. Totally. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I 100% agree. You need... You need people to, you know, what I thought, like when I started doing this is because I said this at the, on the speech too, I said, like, everyone tells me my videos are funny, but they're not valuable. And I always say, well, I think, you know, I make people laugh. People comment, you know, they DM me, say, you made my day. I was having such a shitty day and you, you turned it around. You put a smile on my face. I'd argue that's the most value you could bring somebody. So, mm-hmm. you know, values more than market updates and statistics that's easy to get now and if, if that's the route you want to go that's fine that's just not the route that i took so i want to make people feel something you have to make people feel something so why not make them feel good about themselves happy laugh because i think that breaks down a huge barrier it does. um to just open a conversation right right and anyone can talk about statistics you know anyone that, that doesn't, oh my that, god that, that doesn't. the sales statistic videos <laughs> oh god there's stuff. literally there's like eight minute videos that I could have honestly done in a minute or less. Mm-hmm. They, they're just, and they're not rehearsed. That's another thing about video. When I do my stuff, it sounds kind of like nonchalant and, but everything's scripted, you know, you have to have a script or you're going to be sitting there the whole time going, mm, uh, yeah. So, uh, this, uh, and then you're going to take up fucking seven minutes of the video and everyone's going to stop watching after the first 20 seconds Yeah, because you know, it's a fast moving uh, platform now. If you're not engaging in the first five seconds and then re-engaging every five to ten seconds, you've lost them. Right. Right. Totally. I have a question for you. Since you started doing the video, I know, of course, you're a real estate agent, but it seems like the video has taken maybe a greater focus than the real estate. How do how do you balance the two? And once you kind of found that knack and you found that you built that following with the video, do you see yourself staying? as a real estate agent, or do you see yourself taking on more of a role? I know you mentioned kind of building the broke agent, like the bar stool kind of type of vibe. Yeah. Where do you see your career going? More video or more real estate? I always wanted, I always like to be really busy and I always wanted different streams of income. That was always my goal with this. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I always knew that real estate was a great way to be able to just broaden, you know, what I could do um, outside of real estate, I'll always sell real estate, but I do like, you know, the videos is what I really love to do. I have a podcast now that's fully monetized and that's, you know, that's creating income for us now at the broke agent. We have merch that's creating income. We have a course coming out. I'm not fucking teaching the course by the way. So don't worry. It's going to be fantastic, but we have like a course and stuff like that. So, and then I'm doing the speaking stuff. So I'm always going to sell real estate, but, um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm exploring this other stuff more as well because it's just a lot more fun for me right now. Yeah. But I love, um, 
doing the videos and, you know, generating business that way. Cause I really, I only do social media and my sphere of influence. That's, that's all I really do for real estate. And, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. I have a pretty good business going on there. So, um, yeah, so I'm just exploring what I can do right now. It's been, it's been pretty cool. Where do, where do you see the industry, our industry going in the next five to seven years? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. So here we're like, we're fucked right now with the seller's market. Like I'm trying to buy a second property right now for my wife and I. And uh, we offered on a place last week, we offered 251000 over ask and we didn't get it. We were the third highest offer. Um, and the house ended up selling for 37% higher than what it sold for nine months prior. So we have like an insane like seller's market. It's going up all the time, but I would say social is going to play an even bigger part than it does now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if, unless you've been in the business for 20 years and you're, you know, pretty much strictly referrals and stuff like that, I think social is going to be a must, especially if you're getting in to the industry now. Um, Video, especially because video is, especially in the world today, people don't really want to answer their door anymore. You know, not as many people have landlines to call or, you know, it's harder and harder to get in contact with people. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't work because it still does work, but you know, five, seven years down the road, who knows, you know, everyone around me pretty much has a cell phone, doesn't have a landline. It's hard to cold call. So if you can go on video and make people feel like they know you before they know you, that's what you want to do because it's way easier to call someone you feel like, you know, Yeah. so don't hide behind a for sale sign and a sold house and just pictures of houses because that's not going to work anymore. The industry's finally, I feel like we've been stuck in the mud for so many years and now we're finally seeing like a change in the right direction with, with social and people adding more personality because they, they get that that's, what's going to, create more business down the road. So I think social is going to play a huge part moving forward. And how receptive do you think the larger brokerages are um, for that? I, I, I always find it so, uh, we work for Keller Williams, they basically let it, it's the closest thing to running your own business. Um, but it seems as though individual agents are doing it, but the larger brokerages are not pushing it. And boy, I would think you would want to push those platforms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they have to, some of the large, large brokerages are just kind of stuck in their ways. It's hard for them to change. Um, my brokerage is very much about it. I'm with the agency. We're a boutique. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's actually, we just opened in Boston as well. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's like, and some brokerages wouldn't even have me. So that was, that was, uh, something for me when I switched to the agency, I had to make sure like they're super supportive of all my videos. Mm-hmm. Like I had some brokerages who would not fucking touch me with a 10 foot pole because they don't <laughs> want me to be a part of their, their brand or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the big brokerages need to get on it. And I think there's, I mean, you're starting to see some more like, I guess, humor style stuff with even the bigger brokerages. I've seen Remax do a couple things. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see how, how they do, but the brokerage isn't as important as it once was either. No, because like we like like we were just saying, they want to know 
they want to relate with someone. They want to be with somebody that they like. They don't, the, the guy who sells 500 homes a year, that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the sole end all be all. What it once was, mm-hmm. you would want to go with the person who sold the most homes in your area. That's just not what, you know, that's not as important to people anymore. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's just your story again, just going back to that point. I think it's just such an inspiration just to people in any industry, real estate aside, just anybody that's in an industry that's kind of just suffocating almost. And I bet it was a relief when you started doing the videos, but I mean, being relatable is tough unless people just like really just be themselves. Cause I always say like, there's only one of you. So stop trying to pretend like you're somebody right. else. Like I, I, I keep reminding myself that too. In the beginning, I was worse at that in real estate, but now it's like, all right, I'm just going to be myself and people like it. People don't. That's the case. But at least I'm doubling down on the only person that there is. Unless on another planet, there's like a clone of me somewhere. There there could be, but. And and then you're consistent, right? Everyone wants consistency because they trust it. Definitely. You know, if you're, if you're, I would say, if you're a pushy broad, be a pushy broad from the beginning, because if you come across as demure and, you know. Well, the thing was. Your personality is going to come out in the end. Exactly. Because like at first I was doing all this stuff and I was like not being myself whenever I would show um, myself on camera or whatever. I wasn't being myself. I showed one of the videos. I looked like I was held fucking hostage. (laughs) And um, yeah. So, you know, and then I found I would have to go and and be some random person when I, you know, when I was going on appointments and stuff like that. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, now with the agency, we're selling some like pretty high end properties. Like I just sold like a 2.5. We have a $7 million listing, stuff like that. Yeah. And like, I'm the, I love those high end listings because I'm like the least luxurious person of all time. So I love the contrast of that. Like I yeah. go in wearing band tees and I drive a fucking Kia. I don't give a shit. Everyone's <laughs> all you need, like this nice ass. Co- I don't give a fuck. I drove up to a $7 million listing in a Kia. And how were you, you know, received? Well, we have the listing. So <laughs> there you go. I That's sold. Great. And not only that, you can, when you have a listing, you've sold, you can park the listing, you can park the car down the road. The listing will never see it. It's the buyers. That's what, one of my most proud moments, the 2.5 million. Yeah. I drove those motherfuckers around for three months in, in my Kia with no fucking, I had my snow tires on all summer. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. And we, we close that deal and they love me. And, you know, to me, that shit doesn't, I mean, I do have to get a new car because th- I feel like the wheels are going to fall off. Pretty soon. <laughs> like it's, like, it's getting really bad, but like that doesn't, to me, does not show any like form of success. Yeah. Anyone can lease a nice car if they That's want. Right. That's like right. it's just totally. to me, I'm trying to buy a second property. I'm trying to do different things and it's just not important to me right now. Yeah. Very rarely do you drive clients around anyways. So yeah, don't let people fool you. Yeah. You drive what you drive and you own it. That's right. Well, this is fantastic. Um, again, thank you, Matt, for being on and um, keep doing those hilarious videos and keep being authentically you because it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to come back to Boston. I'm going to come see a Bruins game. All right. So uh, maybe go. we'll meet up. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Sounds we absolutely good. should yeah. do that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, my friend. Awesome. Take care. Thanks so much. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.